Shut up and sit down. This is the Muscle and the Hustle Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another Muscle and the Hustle Podcast. Today we've got a very special guest, um, and I'll let him introduce himself. Thomas? How are we? Sorry, I was putting the light in there. I'm good, how are you? <laughs> we're all good, we're all good, man. Uh, trying to get over this uh, lockdown stuff. We're off air, we had a quick conversation to see when we're going to get reopened and I think between the three of us mm. we don't have a clue mm. <laughs> yeah. but yeah Thomas just right, uh, so for people who don't uh, maybe aren't really familiar with yourself could you give yourself an introduction because I'm sure you can probably do it better than us yeah I was going to go in with McGregor I'm the pound for pound number one introduction <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a, an online coach I've got my own member site I'm a sponsored athlete with, with insight supplements and then I do sort of the social media side of things, mainly mainly YouTube and Instagram, and then yeah, other sort of business ventures like own clothing brands and and going down the route of, of eBooks and and what else to come in the future. But everything's everything's sort of been put on hold at the moment in terms of like opening up new business start. So just waiting for this for this situation to to end, and then we can start going back into sort of quote unquote normal work. Yeah, well, like that just comes down to t- seeing the opportunity in the isolation, doing all the background work and stuff. So I 100% get that. Yeah, like I tell a lot of people listening will probably have seen your Instagram at some stage or another because it does pop up because it's quite, it's different, which is good because there's so many people that just blend into the background. And that's one of the reasons why, like when Mickey was saying about you coming on board here, I was like, this is cracking because a lot of people need to sort of see that other side of things where it's covered up quite easily. So like that's why I wanted to dive into like, like even just go to your background, like where you started with all this and how it started to build momentum for you. Cause that's, that's probably what a lot of people want to know, Joe, more how you got from the start to the middle rather than where you are now. Cause that's quite high for a lot of people to get there. Yeah, of course. I mean, my following still, and I sort of say it on most podcasts, it's not the, the largest following in terms of like the hundreds of thousands, but my engagement rate and the sort of comments and likes that I'll get and, and story views are probably reminiscent of some of those that do have hundreds of thousands of followers. And I think that, that that growth has just continued from the very beginning where I haven't dropped off in terms of engagement with my, with my followers. You know, I'll, I'll try and respond to every single comment. I'll try and respond and reply to every single YouTube comment and an Instagram story. So I think it, it, it's almost like I've, I've tried to build a, a community almost within my Instagram and not just a, a throwaway follow that people can, can kind of tune into I can't I, I almost wanted when I first started doing Instagram and YouTube I, I wanted my retention rate to be incredibly high so I didn't want people to sort of join follow and then they'll go oh, I'm, I'm not really interested anymore yeah. and I'm sure people do because you know everyone's like mom might either, either dislike me or like me so I, I will get people to jump on board and they go oh, I'm not really a fan of this guy and, and but but from, from day one I've always set out to not exactly or not essentially have the largest following but more so one that's going to stick around for a sort of a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that that's going to work out like the best in the long term because it's just as you said, like how many people do you follow and then you unfollow with like 300,000 followers and mm. it's because you've no faith in them. Like you don't trust them and I think that's the thing that you probably have with you, with especially people that follow, 
follow you. They know that if you say something, you're actually backing it yourself. You're not just talking shit. Mm-hmm. But that's hard. That's hard to actually get across over Instagram because some people are doing that. And you can you can almost see through it in a way. Whereas it, it, it's nice when you see it because I've even talked this about it a couple of times. And it's that realness. And that's probably why people, just like you were planning them, you've left probably comments whenever you're younger, maybe on like fucking C-Bombs video or something. And if he replied to you, you go, holy fuck, that's unreal. And you forget that if you if you have a couple thousand followers, sometimes replying to somebody can be like a big fucking deal, even though that sounds mad, you know. So I think that probably is one of the reasons why it probably has built so well for you in terms of like uh, built the business. It's obviously came with that and all other, but in terms of like where you started with training, did that start from like dead young, or did it start from like when are we talking here? It was. I mean, I've, I've, it was. It was sports before training. So it was. It was swimming. And I, and I swam for sort of two to three years and got quite high in terms of competitive level, then cricket and in terms of sort of district district level. But I found that within team sports, that feeling of let down, being let down, I felt far too much. And if I've put a good shift in or a performance, or if I've scored a 50 or I've had three wickets and or I've, or, or I've swam well and my team let me down, there's nothing really I can do about it. But with bodybuilding, that, that focus shifts. So if you fuck up, if I go and compete and don't place, that's all on me. It's not, yeah. it's no external source that is, is contributing to me failing. And um, that dedication uh, was, was something that really appealed to me within bodybuilding. So it was, it was, it was starting out. And I, I think all of us have that bro science mentality. And I used to train back in the day at school on like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it might've been back biceps, chest, triceps, and some legs. Um, yeah. And then uh, I was, I was training with my select group of friends and I started to become far more interested than them in, in, in terms of sort of the intricacies to bodybuilding and nutrition. So that's when I just started sort of not creating a separate circle, just, just started listening to other people in the industry. Yeah, do you know what I think is quality that I want to really take away from it? Like the fact that you said like the ownership that you can't blame it on anybody else. Like it's mm. your nutrition, it's your training. You can't go fuck, he messed that shop. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's all down to you. So yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I think it's I, to back yourself and know that if you do something wrong or you don't play it like you said in a competition or you don't score, it, it's literally down to you and you cannot blame nobody else. And I sort of like that as well because I, you can't blame anybody else. Mm. We'll, we'll dive into the good stuff. I know Mickey's probably fucking creaming his cacks here to talk about a vehicle here. He absolutely loves it. So he definitely want to talk about the love here. So you can dive on in here, Mickey. No, I just actually wanted to go into the, the more YouTube thing. Um, mm. just I've been following YouTube for a long time and I never actually noticed until I was listening to you on another podcast I think it was March time that 90% of your first uh, your first videos are all gone mm-hmm. Yeah, and then gone, you, were, yeah. you, you were saying on the podcast that uh, you were about to go on stage and you had to frantically fucking delete all your videos mm. in case they took down your your whole channel um, Yeah, and that's testament I think to the people that's uh, your community that stayed on board. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an odd time because my views, my views have gone from I think twelve or thirteen million down to like six. Yeah. Obviously, you lose all of that. You lose all of that engagement, and they're the sort of videos that stick around on YouTube, and and they they sort of excel and grow your profile. Like I did a, a video on Modafinil probably like last year, which is like a kind of sort of like focus yeah focus supplement that people use a bit like Adderall and that that at the moment is, is gathering so much traction it's weird like I'm getting 
200,000, 300,000, 400,000 views off one video. So, yeah, that big drop in subscribers was, well, not dropping subscribers, dropping views yeah. had a little bit of an impact for a short time. Yeah, it was, I didn't even, I really didn't even notice it until, I always wondered uh, community guidelines with YouTube and the, the content you were putting out, even though if anybody watched the content for 10 minutes, they knew it was educational. No, you were doing it mm. as as you said it's you're doing it to help people rather than you're not boasting you know you always mm. find that maybe when rich done it years ago it was kind of mm. like a, more of a ego part of it whereas yours was purely educational and it was do it was giving people a lot of value but clearly mm. youtube don't you know they don't really look into that they just look that's not ticking that box so it has to go like yeah, it was it was odd because that was the that was the sort of turning point for me is that I was watching those like Boston Lloyd and Rich Piana where it was almost like a their brand was let's fucking eat and fucking inject and shit and yeah. I thought like I, that's not the sort of image that we want to be portraying with anabolic steroid usage so it was at that point where I took it upon myself but I think there was a there was a, a time in the industry where there was so many people talking about anabolic steroids that it was hard for YouTube to. Yeah. sort of stuff which was educational which was sort of like meathead let's inject gear try and be big as possible so it just got to a point where any keyword in my title or or bio or description was anything to do with anabolic steroids they would just block it completely you know and I didn't want to have that third strike which would mean all gone yeah and then they, it's, I take it you couldn't monetize them either at all yeah. No, nah, no money was coming. I mean, no money is coming in now. I think I probably make about two hundred pound a month from YouTube, which is obviously it pays pays for some food shopping, but it's yeah. not the sort of glitz and glam lifestyle that some people think YouTubers live. Yeah, yeah, it's not the Logan Paul fucking stuff like <laughs> buying yeah, houses yeah, yeah. in LA. <laughs> but yeah, no. Then um, you transitioned a lot of your community then to the to the TM Cycles members platform. Yeah, and was it? Was it hard to get them to move over, or did you find that they were nearly asking you to create something? It was. It was. I always had it in in the back of my mind that I wanted to create like a, a sort of a, a hub where we could go to for educational content, not only anabolic steroid usage, but yeah. for training. And I would flirt with the idea, and I think as we should all do with marketing, just to see if anyone bites. Yeah. And I, I, I put some feelers out there about creating a member site, and I think the exclusivity of being part of like a brand a lot of people were drawn to that so I remember doing some some giveaways I did a tier one tier two tier three membership where you could sign up and then you'd also get the chance to win some coaching or a, a block of training and the first night it did really well I think it got to sort of 50 members and then now it's sort of snowballed and I'm, I'm creating more more content around sort of growing your business how to create a member site how to grow your Instagram so I think we're under sort of 2,500 members at the moment, which is, which is yeah, it's, I'm, which I'm really pleased with. Yeah, that's class. Um, going by your Instagram again, we, uh, Tony talked about it. You've got a, you've got a unique way of doing your Instagram. You've, you use the rule of three, which is mm. predominantly, you no, know, when I, I, I have a background in marketing. Um, most of it's all, uh, like nightclubs, DJ sort of stuff. But the rule of three is something that I've always, kind of tried to use for the brands as long as you have enough content that mm. you can use it um yeah i think you're the you're the first i always see maybe female kind of influencers using it i've never seen an actual uh like someone a male in the fitness world using it mm. um do you yeah. do you, do you yeah. would you say that it's, it's 
it's a big part of your success on Instagram? Uh, sorry, the when I when I first started doing it, it was when the following started really increasing, and yeah. I always I tested the walls with with either sort of columns. So instead of doing like a, a row, it might have been the left column would have been the physique update, the yeah. middle column some training, the right column maybe a lifestyle or some food or or eating out, and that, that did okay. But visually, it only it didn't it didn't really click for me. And I, I draw a lot of inspiration, as you said, from the sort of female influencers, not in just in the fitness industry, but in the sort of fashion and clothing because they've nailed that really sharp look. You know, you can look at their YouTube, everything's, you know, even for the smaller things and, and from from what I can gauge, uh, you know, there's, there's never any wires in the background. No. There's never any sort of like socks lying about. Everything, every shot that they create is so sharp and so clean and it only adds to that premium brand. So when I come to release some content or release a, a T-shirt that is maybe more money, it allows me to, to, to enter that price bracket. So, yeah, that 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 row of three, and it, it 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 a lot of people ask how to do it, and, and it's the sim it's a simple task of just pulling three pieces of content from one piece. So, my vlog, if I'm wearing if I'm wearing this grey Nike, uh, this quarter zip and an icon hat, there, there's probably more than three shots of me wearing it. So that would just mean that three blocks are using the uh, using this 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 piece of clothing. Yeah, I think it's it. I had nearly gotten away without using it for a while and forgot about it. And it was only mm. then when I actually noticed that you were using it. And it just clicked mm. on me again that it, it had actually, for someone who knew the trick, it had sucked me in. And I was like, oh, look at that. And then you're going, fuck's sake, there's a market employee's just working on me and I'm normally the person using these fucking tricks. But yeah, it's, I think a lot of people, a lot, when it comes to, as you said, your Instagram, you've, you know, you've, uh, what's the word you have a high level you're not just going to put out any picture i think a lot of people especially at the moment uh because they're in lockdown they're stuck with us you know they're stuck in four walls or they haven't got their their video people around them or they haven't got their camera people around them mm -hmm. so they're sticking out you can actually see a decline in their content so you know mm -hmm. that before the stuff they were putting out was probably all curated for them and now they have yeah. to they have to do their own stuff, and you can just see a massive up. Whereas you you're a one man show, you're doing everything yourself, mm. you're doing all your own editing, you're doing all your own pictures, all your own vlogs. Yeah, yeah. That that was from when I first started, sort of six or seven years ago. It was always a my, my mission statement was I wanted to create everything myself. I don't I don't really want to outreach, and I don't want to have to to pay certain people. There's obviously a time where it, where it's acceptable, so I'll pay a videographer to do some of my members' yeah. content because they're paying customers. But to, to, there was always a, it's probably a bit of like a stubbornness thing, thing really. You know, I, I wanted yeah. to be the person that creates my own brand and even like the, the Twitch, I'm going into sort of the world of online streaming now. All of that is like I wanted to create my own content and it was a nice chance to, to step into a different realm of business, which is like online gaming and create a different color theme a different style of logo a different style of of picture so yeah and it's always excited me just to to, to do everything and, and to be able to sit here and go look i built this all, all myself yeah that's okay now, it, that's sort of your personality trait the same as uh moving from this team sports to the bodybuilding mm. you're more of a lone wolf than a <laughs> than a yeah than a team yeah <laughs> Uh, no, definitely one of the things I, I picked up on there would, would you say that slows you down slightly because you, you maybe don't delegate it out? Is that because that probably comes down to the same as me? Like, I would be sort of like not a trust issue, but whenever nobody's going to work as hard for you as you will for yourself, like that literally is. So, mm -hmm. like, 
I'm getting like an email automation done for clients at the moment. And I'm going to be sending that out. You're automatically like, yes, that saves me time. I can spend it focusing on clients, doing this and that. But I think if I spend time doing that, I feel like, although it is done to your standard, you, it can hinder you in a way. You know, like it does slow down the pace that you can build momentum. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, you don't want to hand off your ethos or your logo. That's all real personal stuff. But you, I understand what you mean about the videos and anything that can be done by somebody else. Mm in a way it should be whereas yeah, I always find that I do really well trying to I've only got really good at this last but trying to stay in like I hate the word for it but like you're, you're genius so you know where you're good the one thing you do that's cracking that most, yeah. whereas the, the people are better at email automation than me why the fuck would I do that you know so just as you said biography like you're just probably quite good so you almost don't want to hand it off do you find that slows you down slightly not delegating if you get me when I first started yeah but then the even like the short, even like the simple thing of having like shortcuts on a keyboard to make editing times go down, yeah, it, it is enough for me. And there's a particular style that I like to my videos. That even if I were to give content and, and images and clips to a videographer, they're not going to nail it like I like I edit, you know. And and the, the small things about picking up on different types of house music and yeah, I don't find it a chore. And I, I completely understand the whole sort of work work smart and not harder kind of mentality and I try and I try and do implement that into sort of marketing my members site and things like that but essentially you know if I'm asleep for eight hours and I've got however many hours in the day I, there's enough time for me to do what I do and, and still have more time to chill and, and, and eat and chill with my girlfriend and things like that yeah it's as you said it's brain takes uh, even though you, some people might notice it, but the way you edit your your videos and the way you shoot your videos and everything, that's that's part of your charm. You know, it's your thing. It's not videographers that are trained. They all have this. Mm -hmm. Well, until they get their own unique way, they all have a style because they're they're trained to have that style. Whereas mm -hmm. you have just your way. It's just the way you do it. It's we mm -hmm. notice from we do a lot of kind of marketing stuff for some of the clubs in Ibiza and stuff and raw videos. It used to be the nice fancy videos from clubs and the after movies done well, but now it's the raw footage. It's the mobile phone footage. Mm -hmm. People like Amelia yeah. Lenz, mobile phone dropping her new track or whatever, is going to get far more reach, far more yeah. like people because it's it's raw. People want that raw kind of. It makes it more like you're you're there rather than a, a massive polished video with the track dubbed mm -hmm. over the top of it. If you get me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if you watch the, I don't know if you two watch it, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh yeah, their yeah. their sort of transitions, their transitions between scenes now and going into ad breaks and 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 sort of snippets throughout the throughout the program is their iPhone footage, but with like a, a theme on like a camcorder theme to make it look like they're filming in the eighties, and it's so effective, you know. Yeah. Like I've switched it up with my with my vlogs and kind of opened up with that. Yeah, that style. I went to I went I went to Paris in February and kind of shot the opening scenes on to make it look a bit sort of edgy and so it's it's nice to sort of see it come back around full circle from we're we're taking the sort of inspiration from the 60s, 70s, 80s and putting it into modern day, which is with a nicer sort of cleaner, sharper twist. Yeah, it's it's you know a lot of like the other thing you you know as you said you're dynamic and you'll change um and you'll you'll test new things. I'm sure there's a lot of YouTubers out there that would absolutely shit themselves if they changed anything. Like your boy, like I might get one of my guilty pressures would be uh, David Dobrik on YouTube. Mm, yeah, and yeah. he is at four minutes and four seconds, every one of his videos are. 
Like it's fucking mm. mad that he has to have four minutes and four seconds. And he won't mm. anything that goes over that, he will not put it on his main channel. So he puts it on a second mm. channel. And that there's just fucking like I think that's just crazy that it has to be mm. that length and nothing else. But then yeah. it's, it's clearly mean, working for him, like <laughs> Yeah, it, of course it works and then I suppose you you find yourself in a position where uh, it's working well, but I want to change it, and I don't want to change it. Almost like the the row of free effect for me. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I've got to do I've got to do two more pictures of me wearing a fucking night top. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was my problem doing it when I tried to do it for me personally for my for my business for my DJ page. I just didn't have the content all the time to do it. But if I was doing it yeah. for a brand that I'm social media managing, I would make sure mm. they had the content. No, because it's it's a lot easier when you have professional photographers buzzing around a venue the whole night. Mm. So you're you've got five hundred pictures, whether as if mm. I'm DJing yeah, or whatever, like, I might have two or three. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean with the rule of three. Like so, like I looked into this as well, but the majority of my content, like a good bit of my follow, it's actually the love humor. Mm. So like, she's trying to do, to do the same joke, like, yeah. the same video. It would just look. And I know rightly, like I put up like a TikTok on my Instagram and that'll get me the most traction of everything because yeah. it'll be like a family one. And the thing is, you can't plunk that in. So I've seen it. Have you noticed big growth for that? Like since you've done it, like a difference or has it just been still steady or? Yeah, a lot more of a, a, a lot more reach from just organic. So people just come on my profile and go, oh, fucking hell, this is a really nice aesthetic. And especially because I want to work with sort of brands that, I want to work with brands that are probably considered a premium that then they see that and think, Oh, this, I would like someone like this to then push my, my product. So, and then, and then you can sort of start using, and it's always, and and I've done it towards the tail end of this year, sorry, last year and this year, which is, which is sort of using not your power, but if you are going to a hotel maybe and, and knowing full well that I'm probably going to get a few people who stay there because I'm staying there it will be a case of me reaching out and saying, look, would you be able to do some sort of discount or would you be able to give me a night for free if I do a post and I mention you on YouTube? And the first thing they'll do is, bang, click it and look at your Instagram and go, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, if it's I don't know, Nobu in Nobu in Marbella yeah. or, or, or different brand, they'd say, right, yes, I'd like that person to do it. So it's kind of abusing your power a little bit, but at the same time, you're generating business for them. So yeah. It's the perks, yeah, it's, the perks it's, of building yeah. the brand. Like, you know, I, I'm... No, a, a lot of ones in Ireland for a while would have got a bit of hate uh, Rob Lipson would have got a bit of hate for doing stuff like that but I see it as the perks for building a brand you've built a brand you've built mm. a you've built people that's you know they trust what you're saying and as you said you're you're making money for the hotel in return yeah do you know what I think it is as well like nobody frowns whenever you see an actor on telly promoting a fucking perfume or whatever mm. or sorry an actor an actress or whatever yeah. and yet whenever somebody who has a decent following on Instagram and makes a living of it puts up something like I'm in a hotel or I got mm. open this car for it people automatically just like to jump on that because I think yeah. it, it's almost like a, a jealousy thing and I, I don't like saying that but it, it does come down to a lot where people are like he's probably got that for free but I think that's part of the thing you built that's part of the the, not the money you're getting paid for it's, it's that return it's like a perk of the job in a way like the way other people would get maybe clock off at half four in the day on a Friday yeah, yeah. so I, I think that trade off is huge and you have to put in work to get that in the first place mm. you're just going to get that with 4,000 followers you're, not, you're only going to get that when you're up and as you said the rule of three all that time yeah. and then dividends whenever it comes around it yeah cool and you just got to have that balance between not not appearing like some sort of advertising whore by yeah. every other story is like swipe up you know 
you can easily fall into that trap and you see the Love Islanders that have a, almost like they have a 10 or 12 month window when they leave Love Island before the next series. Yeah. They're taking full advantage of the fact that they've got a million followers and every story is a swipe up, swipe up, swipe up. Yeah, and it's, you can, it's brands that like, you can, they're never good brands really. They're always kind of mm. shit, the same shitty brands. They might have, they're probably, they would peak at Boohoo or something. And then it'll be back mm. to teeth whitening, and then it'll be fucking back down to something really, really silly. And then, as you said, it just disappears because people then the new the new batch are coming in, and then it's like, who the mm. fuck is this guy? No, I think I know, but it's like they did. I think they. It's weird because you see, they've obviously got like an underground network of all of their influencers together underneath their management, and they all post the same, and and they, it seems like they have to comment on each and every other Instagram oh, profile. Yeah, so yeah. what, like? Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. And then I think the other day they were pushing like German Donald kebabs. I just thought, fucking hell, like that's low. Uh, you know the, what I mean? The struggle, <laughs> the struggles real now. They're 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 pushed, especially now with no Love Island this year. They're probably thinking to themselves, mm. fuck, we if we play this right, we get an extra three months out of this. Well, and, yeah, you know, they don't. Uh, but as uh, as you said at the start. As you said at the start, where these videographers and photographers have been taken away from these influencers, you see some of these Love Islanders that are scraping the barrel for content now on Instagram. It's oh, yeah. shocking. It's uh, yeah, it's it's. I was watching a couple of them. I don't know. I don't know who it was. It wasn't Tommy here. It was someone annoying. You were just like, you can just tell that when they came out, it was handed to them. This is what you're mm-hmm. going to do. This is going to be. You're going. There's your calendar of releases. This is the content we're going to do. All the content in advance, and now they're just. Yeah. Like fucking, they, even when they go on Instagram lives, they're just not for someone who's mm. you know they're just not. It's just not there. But um, mm. I think they can. I don't know. The whole reality TV thing is it's fun, and I suppose it, it's Adam Collard. Like he's launched his fitness business out of it. I don't know. I don't know how much fucking actual he can actually do, but he. Uh... Do you know what I wanted to actually? I wouldn't mind diving into slightly just. Before we we keep going on there, I was going to say about your application for Love Island, Mickey, but we'll maybe leave that for another day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just <laughs> well, actually I, got a warning up there from from Zoom. Fucking, that it's going to cut out. Are you sweet? But, uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, just quickly, um, you have the love for Ibiza, mm-hmm. um, and I, I've clearly a massive love for Ibiza too. Um, would you say that? Do you use a you use a beef as a getaway from like your hard work all year? You know you train hard. Mm-hmm. Um, would you find it as an your escape? You're like your end of your mm-hmm. escapism or something. Yeah, it's a it's a release. I think uh, not only for myself but for other people as well. It, it's it's four or five days when you can you can literally drop out, and it's the only time. Even when I go on holiday it, it, to other destinations, I'm still. I'm still ticking, I'm still working, you know, if I go to Mykonos with the girlfriend or Spain, I'm still worried about my members site, I'm still worried about my Instagram. With Ibiza, it's four or five days where I'm not looking at emails, and I'll say to my clients, I'm off, I'll speak to you next week. You know, so, I mean, we went to be going, we went to be going next Tuesday for opening, and obviously that's been taken away now, which is a shame, so. Yeah, actually, I was meant to be going this weekend too for Monday, for Ocean Beach. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, they're going into phase phase two on Monday, so the summer mm-hmm. mightn't just be over yet. I think it might be over for us in the UK and Ireland, flights wise. But yeah, um, I think Wayne, 
Wayne Lineker keeps putting out like, uh, oh, it's happening, it's happening. I just think the the reality of being in like fucking DC ten after this is yeah. not going to happen until next year. You might be able to get away with like open Ocean Beach might go ahead just because it's open, and you might be able to run at a reduced capacity. Yeah, I think they want the ticket sales, and they want mm. the cash flow. <laughs> and that's oh. what I think. I think that's the reason why they're they're pushing to say it's opening, and mm. then they'll offer you. I've seen it, seen a couple of festivals doing it. They they continue to sell tickets, and it's not happening now. Mm. So your ticket is valid for next year, and you'll mm. have a first refusal on the year after as well. So people are like, yeah, 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 yeah keep our tickets. And you're like, that's mm. a pure cash flow problem there. So mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, Wayne, well, Wayne's always optimist. Like he's, you know, people probably told him when he was fucking, you know, when you're opening Ocean Beach, it's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, you're opening Lineker's not going to happen. Investing in Skinny mm. Kitchen, not going to happen. You know, he's yeah. he's pure. He's the optimist. Like he's a nice guy. I was a lot of time for him when I met him last summer. Um, mm. He's living the dream too. Like he's. Yeah, of course. Cool. So it must be. It must be hard. I mean, I've I've never been so gutted. We had. I think it was Soul Town. Soul Town was ne- meant to be next Thursday because we booked because it's my missus girlfriend on the Friday. We didn't realise there was going to be many events, and then all of a sudden, Marco Carolla said that he's going to be back at his residency on the Thursday. So I thought, yeah. brilliant. And then out of nowhere, Ushuaia said that they're going to be doing Ants opening on the Saturday. So I thought, fuck, and then we bagged the bagged the good week here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because opening opening is this weekend, and then mm-hmm. we were we were opening house events. House and Paradise was opening on Monday, yeah. and then oh, okay. I got the boat parties were kicking off then. So, mm. yeah, it's gotten, but you know, hopefully we get. Hopefully, I have still, I still a slight bit of faith that uh, we can get something out of this summer. <laughs> hopefully, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to like, test. The, I want to test the water. I want to get out and about. But last yeah. summer was good. Like I was, I was out a lot. But um, yeah, yeah, it was busy last. Like, we went for closing, and it was just it was too much. Like El, we went to Elro closing, it was the first time it where we I just couldn't move at all. It was horrible. Yeah, I had that. What night was it? I had that at high, high. I went to see. I went to actually see Idris Elba play. I was intrigued to yeah. see if he was actually that good. So I went to see him play, yeah. and it was fucking ram. But then space always, always over went over capacity all, all the time. Yeah. Like so, I wasn't. It, it probably was actually safer than space was like it wasn't trampled style but mm. but yeah um, hopefully now we can get it reopened just in closing Tom where can people come and uh, come and find you uh, or if they want to learn more about you yeah so it, all the Instagram all the Instagram and social media is, is TM Cycles and my website is thomasmore.co.uk and then the the new online streaming, the Twitch is, is TM Cycles as well. So looking forward to, to releasing that and seeing how we get on. Cool. And then you've got a new podcast launching as well. Yeah, that's with Josh and Joe, the BBC, which is uh, Brighton, Bridgman and Cycles. So yeah, <laughs> a, a, few, a few play on words on, on, on that particular one. So we just did our first podcast yesterday and we're doing it, I think, fortnightly. So yeah, it's good to get all of us free together. And I think we're, we're definitely looking... Now that this coronavirus has happened and, and we've been restricted access to our gyms, I think we're trying to create uh, our own gym probably towards the tail end of this year or next year where we can sort of use as a content hub creation and, and yeah. people can come in and train. So it should be good. Class. That's good. Cheers for coming on, Tom. And hopefully we uh, we catch up again soon and then we never know. We might meet up in Ibiza for a cheeky wee drink. Yeah, 100%.
I think I'm hoping that they, they there's some events out there in sort of end of the year, September, October time. Because I know I know Solomon closes uh, Pasha quite late in October because my birthday's then. So yeah. fingers crossed we can get out get out there. Well, that's the, the I think their backup plan is if they need to September, October, start of November to get at least yeah. to get at least I think they said a seven to eight week run out of it I know the, the, the Dutch the, they own most of the clubs that's their plan they don't want to yeah. have the whole summer they want to run it right up to the airport technically closes mm. but whether yeah. they seem to have this gripe uh, against Boris Johnson and the UK for the whole Brexit thing mm. so they might ban UK travel Fucking mm. I'm ha- I mean I'd happily I'd happily arrive on the island and let them stick a swab down my nose just to test me and then like right you've not got it going fucking rave and if you have then uh, you don't want to be tested on the way out, but <laughs> the way the no, way home. No, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for coming on, Tom. Uh, it was great to chat. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye bye.